All right, well, let's go ahead and get started today. And jump right into it. It's got a little bit of a lengthy section to talk about today in the, the Old Testament law. We're going to be talking about the prohibition against working on the Sabbath. Interesting law to look at. It's got a lengthy history just historically, both among the Jews and among Christians. We're not going to look into all the historical aspects of it, but we are going to look into what the Bible says about it. So let's turn to Exodus chapter 20, and verse number 8. <clears throat> of course, we're continuing our series on using the law lawfully, looking at the Old Testament laws, seeing if they apply to us as New Testament Gentile believers, and if they do, how do they apply to us? Exodus chapter 20. Verse number 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son nor thy daughter, thy manservant nor thy maidservant nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and, the, and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Okay, so here we have the passage from the Ten Commandments that speaks of uh, the Sabbath day and keeping the Sabbath. So this gives us the Old Testament command regarding working on the Sabbath, and that is that the Jews were prohibited from doing any work on the Sabbath day. Now, most people only know about this passage talking about the Sabbath day. But the, the commandment, ah, thank you. The commandment regarding working on the Sabbath day. You mind? I got one. Yeah. All right. The commandment for working on the Sabbath day or prohibiting working on the Sabbath day is actually repeated several times uh, all throughout the Old Testament. And so there's a lot of information that is given about it, and many times it's repeated with additional details beyond what we find right here in Exodus chapter 20. So the fact that most people only know about the Exodus 20 passage regarding the Sabbath day means that most people have a very limited knowledge of this command. So we're going to look at some of those other passages to help us understand exactly what this command is and what is prohibited and what's not prohibited, who, who has to follow this command and who doesn't, uh, and uh, if there's any exceptions and you know, all those things. So let's first go back to Exodus 16 and verse 23. Now, in Exodus 20, it doesn't say, the Sabbath day shall be holy to you. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And so it implies that there's something already in the Jewish history about the Sabbath day uh, showing that it is holy and that they should keep it. So this command here in Exodus 20 is actually a repetition. So let's go back to Exodus chapter 16 and verse 23. <clears throat> and we can see here that oh, I hit the wrong button. Let me do that again. Exodus 16, verse 23. We can see here that the Sabbath was already holy 
before the law was ever given. Uh, Exodus 16, verse 23, and he said unto them, This is that which the Lord hath said, Tomorrow is the rest day of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Bake that which ye will bake today, and sieve that you will sieve, and that which remaineth over lay up for you to be kept until morning. Now this is the giving of manna. Remember that people were murmuring that they didn't have uh, the, any food, and so God sent them manna uh, for them to eat, and they were supposed to gather it on six days. On the sixth day, they were to gather double, and then that way they would have something left over for the Sabbath, so they wouldn't have to go out and gather any on the Sabbath because God wasn't going to give any on the Sabbath. <clears throat> but we see again here, this is before the giving of the Ten Commandments. But we see here, they already know about the, the Holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Tomorrow is the rest of the Holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Is what it says here in this verse. So this concept of working for six days and resting on the seventh uh, came long before the law. Now, we can also go back to Genesis. Let's go ahead and turn there. Genesis chapter 2. Of course, we see the reason for the Sabbath, or the, the origin of the Sabbath day. Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 2. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. And so here we have the origin of the seven-day work, or the six-day work week with seven-day off. So seven-day week uh, comes from God working for six days to create all of creation, and then on the seventh day resting, he hallowed that seventh day means he made it holy. And so the Jews knew this all the way up uh, long, you know, long before Moses wrote the law. They had kept this idea throughout their generations of a Sabbath day that is holy unto the Lord. Now, they didn't always honor it, but they knew about it. And so when Moses talked about honoring the Sabbath and keeping the Sabbath, he didn't say, hey, people, this is something that God is telling you you need to do. He said, people, you know this is something that God wants you to do. So the idea of the Sabbath being holy came from long before the law was ever written. Uh, now, this, looking at this anthropologically, the Sabbath day, another evidence that it came before the law is that the Sabbath, seven, seven day week, I cannot speak this morning, the seven day week is universal to all of humanity and always has been throughout all of human history. Humans have always had a seven-day week, and it's been universal across all cultures. Uh, scientists cannot explain why. There is no physiological uh, event that correlates with the seven-day week. Uh, you know, you think of months. We have months are based on the phases of the moon. Now, they don't line up that way now with our current uh, monthly system, but that's where the idea of having months in the year came from. It's based on the phases of the moon. The year, of course, is you know the the Earth and the Sun. The day, of course, is you know the sun rising and, and one day and then rising the next. Those are all physical events that correlate with our time. And God even said that He gave us the sun, moon, and the stars for times and for seasons. That's what those are for. There's nothing that correlates with the week. And scientists have been befuddled. And it's funny 
reading some of their papers on it, how much they do not like this idea that it, there's nothing other than a religious uh, attachment to the seven-day week. There is no physical thing that they can find that explains it. The only thing that can explain it is that a religion, specifically the Jewish religion, and then you know, before that, of course, you had uh, just the religion of God. It wasn't said the Jewish religion, but it's the same same religion. But that religion of one true God creating the world in six days, resting on the seventh, that's the only explanation that is valid for a seven-day week. There's been several attempts in history to change the length of the week. Uh, the Egyptians, many thousands of years ago, uh, tried to go with a 10-day week, and that didn't work. Uh, the the Romans... did as well, didn't they? Hmm? The French, I heard about yep. it for, for a while, but it didn't work. Right. Yeah, after the Egyptians tried the 10-day week, the next one I know about is the Romans trying an 8-day week, and uh, that, that never really worked well for them. The French tried a 10-day week. That was from uh, 70, 1792 to 1805. Uh, they tried the 10-day a week, and they separated each month into three 10-day periods known as decades. Uh, and it, there was an attempt to get away from the Christian notion of a seven-day week. The Russians uh, tried this in uh, 1929. They tried to go to a five-day week, and that never worked out for them. Then they tried a, a six-day week, and from that was almost 10 years, from 1931 to 1940, that they excuse me, tried to establish a six-day week. But every single one of these attempts has failed. God established a pattern for working six days and resting on the seventh, and that has been a pattern throughout all of human history. Every time someone tries to change it, it fails, and people go back to the seven-day week. And so that's, that's all a, a, based on the fact that God made the seventh day holy, and it's a day of rest, and work six days, rest one day. Um, so that's a little bit about the, the history of the Sabbath day, where it came from, why God only said, remember the Sabbath day. He didn't say, you know, I'm setting up this Sabbath day. It's because it's something he set up as a natural order of things uh, all the way back at the beginning of creation. Now, when we look at the commandment for the Jews, the commandment is specifically that they do no work on the Sabbath day. And not just that they remember it to keep it holy, but that they're to do no work on the Sabbath day. And there are several reasons for this commandment that is given to the Jews to have the seventh day as a day of complete rest with no work. And those reasons are given in Scripture. Let's go back to Exodus chapter 20. We have four reasons that we find in the Old Testament that were as to why the Jews were not to work on the Sabbath day. So the first one, Exodus 20, verse number 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. That, ver that word at the very beginning of the verse, the word for, that's giving you an explanation for why the command was given in the verse before about not doing any work. So the first thing, the first reason is that this was to remember God's creation. It's cemented in their mind that God actually created the world in six days and rested on the seventh. 
Uh, this would have been very important for the Israelites to remember, the, the fact that God created the world because they had been for 400 years in Egypt. Egypt with their polytheism and multiple gods and all their myths about how the, the world was created and the myths changed based on you know, which priest happened to be in charge of the national religion in Egypt. And if he wanted to change the myth a little bit, he'd change the myth. If he wanted to change it a lot, he'd throw out the old one entirely and bring in a new one. You know, that's, it just depended on who happened to be in charge of their religion as to what myth was prominent about their creation. And so God established a pattern for working six days and doing no work on the seventh day to cement it in the minds of the Jews that God created the world in six days and rested on the seventh in contrast <clears throat> excuse me, to the mythologies that they had been learning in Egypt. So that's the first reason that is given. Now if we go to another passage talking about this law, we can see another reason that was given. So Deuteronomy chapter 5, and we'll start in verse 12. Deuteronomy chapter 5, and we'll start in verse number 12. Keep the Sabbath day to sanctify it, as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee. Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thine ox, nor thine ass, nor any of thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates, that thy manservant and thy maidservant may rest as well as thou. And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God brought thee out thence through a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm. Therefore the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath day. So here we have another reason. You were a servant in the land of Egypt, and therefore the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath day. So the second reason is to remind them that they had been servants in Egypt. We don't know why this was a reminder of their uh, servanthood in Egypt, but it's something that God gave them to remind them that they had been servants in Egypt. It could be because this was during their time as slaves in Egypt could have been during the time that the Egyptians were using that 10-day week. Uh, and so God giving them this seven-day week was a reminder, hey, you used to have this 10-day week and now the seven-day week reminds you that something's different, something's changed. Uh, you're not like the Egyptians. You are God's people. Uh, it could also be because the seventh day is a day of rest. And if you think of slaves, typically you don't think of slaves having a day of rest. Uh, and so it could be that the Jews did not receive a day of rest while in Egypt. That makes sense with the context here because uh, God is telling them, in verse number 14, that you're not to do any work, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thine ox, nor thy ass. So all these, their servants, their beast of burden. And it ends with a little additional line, that thy manservant and thy maidservant may rest as well as thou. And so this is unique among the Jewish culture that their servants and, and the slaves, like the bond slaves, they had a day of rest along with the rest of the nation. The masters didn't take a day off and force the servants to keep working. The servants got that day off too. And so that could have been 
what God was emphasizing here. You have this day of rest, and your servants have this day of rest, to remind you that you used to be servants too, and you didn't get a day of rest back then. Um, so that's a possibility as well. And I think that's the one uh, that actually uh, was what God had in mind for the reminder. But again, it's not extremely explicit, but we can we can infer that pretty easily from the text. So that's the second reason. The first one was to remember God's creation. The second one, to remember they had been servants in Egypt. Let's go to Exodus 16 and verse 29 and look at another reason. Exodus 16.29. This is, again, the account of the manna being given to the Jews. And here we read, See, for that the Lord hath given you the Sabbath, therefore he giveth you on the sixth day the bread of two days. Abide ye every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. And so here we have this, the statement here that God hath given you the Sabbath. Uh, so the next reason for this commandment is that this was a gift from the Lord. This wasn't something that the Jews were to give back to God as uh, you know, a, a service that they had to do to a God or a, a duty they owed to God. No, this was a gift from God to them. Uh, and so they were to remember the Sabbath throughout all their generations because it was a gift that God had given them, uh, a day of rest. And so this is uh, the, another reason for them to not do any work on the Sabbath, because otherwise they're despising the gift that God gave them. Uh, so the first reason was God's remembering God's creation, remembering they had been servants in Egypt, and then uh, thirdly, as a gift from the Lord, and then finally, Exodus 31 and verse 13. Exodus 31, verse 13, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbaths ye shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that ye may know that I am the Lord that doth sanctify you. Ye shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death, for whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days may work be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest holy to the Lord. Whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Wherefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generation for a perpetual covenant. Okay, and so the next reason, the final reason that God commanded them to do no work on the Sabbath day is because that was a sign of the covenant that they had between God and Israel. God had this covenant saying that Israel is his special nation, that they are his people, that he's going to take care of them and bless them as long as they follow his law. And the sign of that covenant, the uh, verification that they could see every single week that, yes, God has made a covenant with us, that sign, that evidence of the covenant was the Sabbath day of no work. So it's a gift that God gave them, not a punishment. It's a gift God gave them. Here, I am giving you this as a gift, as a token of my covenant that I have established between me and the nation of Israel. And so that's the fourth reason. It was a sign of the covenant between God and Israel. All right, 
let's look at some of the prohibitions of the Sabbath and then the exceptions, and then we'll look at the New Testament application of all this. So the prohibitions of the Sabbath, we can see right away. Exodus 20, verse 10 tells us, Exodus 31, 15 that we just read, uh, there's to be no work done on the Sabbath. Let's turn to Numbers 15. Numbers 15 and verse 32. Numbers 15, verse 32. And while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Sabbath day. So he's just out picking up some sticks. Found him they that found him gathering sticks brought him unto Moses and Aaron unto all the congregation. They put him in a ward because it was not declared what should be done to him. And the Lord said unto Moses, The man shall be surely put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones without the camp. Okay, and so here we have the death penalty was what was required for violations of the Sabbath were just working. All he did was go out and pick up a few sticks. But that was work on the Sabbath, and he was to be stoned because he had violated the Sabbath. So the first prohibition is no work. Let's turn to Exodus 35. Exodus 35 and verse 2, we'll see a second prohibition. Exodus 35, verse 2. Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day there shall be to you an holy day, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. Whosoever doeth work therein shall be put to death. And here we see the next one in verse 3. Ye shall kindle no fire throughout your habitation upon the Sabbath day. So there's to be no work, and there's to be no fire on the Sabbath day. Uh, the next thing we have to turn all the way to Nehemiah. So Nehemiah chapter 10. And in Nehemiah's day, of course, he's rebuilding the the wall around Jerusalem, rebuilding the city of Jerusalem. He's also reestablishing the worship of God and reestablishing the law that the Jews were supposed to be following. And so in Nehemiah chapter 10, verse number 30, we see one aspect of the reestablishing of the law. Uh, and that we would not give our daughters unto the people of the land, nor take their daughters for our sons. And if the people of the land bring ware or any victuals on the Sabbath day, to sell, that we would not buy it of them on the Sabbath or on the holy day, and that we would leave the seventh year and the exaction of every debt. So one of the requirements of the law that Nehemiah reestablished was that there's to be no buying on the Sabbath day, which really throws a kink into all those Christians who say the Sunday is the Sabbath day, and then they go out and eat out at a restaurant on Sunday. And so uh, they, they've gone out and violated the Sabbath if they think that that's, you know, if they say Christians are supposed to keep the Sabbath and that's now Sunday, uh, and then they go out and eat at a restaurant. That's, they're buying on the Sabbath. That was prohibited. Uh, you can see the same thing a few chapters over in Nehemiah 13 and verse 16. There dwelt men of Tyre also therein, which bought or brought fish and all manner of ware, and sold on the Sabbath unto the children of Judah and in Jerusalem. Then I contended, oh, it's verse uh, 16. I wanted verse, 
Yeah, sixteen. That's right. Uh, verse seventeen. And then I commanded with the contended with the nobles of Judah and said to them, What evil thing is this that ye do and profane the Sabbath day? Okay, so they were buying on the Sabbath day, buying from Gentiles who weren't required to keep it. But they were out buying, the Jews were buying on the Sabbath day, and that was a violation. Uh, the next thing is no selling. And we can see that in verse 15 of Numbers 13. So one verse earlier there. And those days saw I in Judah some treading wine press, presses on the Sabbath, and bringing in sheaves and lading asses, as also wine, grapes, and figs, and all manner of burdens, which they brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And I testified against them in the day wherein they sold victuals. So they're bringing in their wares and selling them on the Sabbath day. And so uh, that was against the law, according to Nehemiah. So no buying and no selling, no, no business transactions on the Sabbath day. And then there's another one that would really uh, bother those Christians who say that the Sabbath day is still on Saturday, and so on Saturday, that's the day that we're to not do any work. Uh, and so they go out to the lake or to the beach or something like that on Saturday. And then they also you know, come to church on Sunday. But let's go to Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah chapter 58. And verse number 13. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath. Now this is God uh, talking to Israel, saying these are the things that you need to do uh, in order to get my, uh, my joy and my peace back in your nation. So he's talking about this. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, uh, the holy of the Lord honorable, and shalt honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high place of the earth, etc. Okay, and so here we have, right there in the middle of verse 13, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day. Okay, and so God is, does not want them doing what is pleasing to them on the holy day, on, on the Sabbath day. It's not a uh, time for a family vacation or a family outing. And then there's another one I didn't list in here, but I forgot about it. But back in Exodus chapter 16, when he's talking about uh, the man or the uh, gathering of the manna, he also mentioned that you're to stay in your place and not travel on the Sabbath day. And so there's to be no, no traveling on the Sabbath day. So those are the prohibitions. There's six prohibitions for the Sabbath day. No work, no fire, no buying, no selling, no pleasure and no uh, travel. But there were a couple of exceptions mentioned in the Old Testament. And for the first of those, let's go to Leviticus chapter 24. Leviticus 24 and verse number 5. These are instructions for Aaron and the priest. Thou shalt take fine flour and bake twelve cakes thereof. Two-tenths deals shall be in one cake. And we uh, go on down to verse number uh, 8. Every Sabbath he shall set it in order before the Lord continually, being taken from the children of Israel by an everlasting covenant. 
Okay, so here we have the priest were to prepare their meals on the Sabbath day. So they're doing work. They are, uh, it mentions in here that they're baking uh, these cakes. So they're building a fire. They have fire in, in their dwellings. And they're making these cakes and they're eating them. Uh, so the, the priest were to do work. They were to do the, the work of making these cakes uh, on the Sabbath day and prepare their meals on the Sabbath day and have fire on the Sabbath day. So the priests were an exception uh, to this. And then Numbers 28 gives us another exception. Numbers 28 and verse number 9. And on the Sabbath day, two lambs of the first year without spot and two-tenths deals of flour for a meat offering mingled with oil and the drink thereof, this is the burnt offering of every Sabbath beside the continual burnt offering and his drink offering. So every Sabbath day, the priest was to offer two burnt offerings, one uh, in the morning and then one in the evening. So two lambs that were to be offered every single Sabbath day. So here you have the work of preparing the sacrifice, offering the sacrifice, and of course you have the fire that's being used to, to burn the sacrifice. Uh, and then all the stuff that takes place afterwards with the priest uh, taking out their portion and, and uh, all that and cleaning up afterwards. and So all the work surrounding the sacrifices was to continue on the Sabbath day. So you had two exceptions that are given explicitly in the Old Testament for the Sabbath day, that uh, the priests were to prepare their meals on the Sabbath and the priests were to offer the sacrifices on the Sabbath. So that's the Old Testament command. That's what we learn about this command in the Old Testament and in the law. Now, New Testament application. Does this have anything to do with us as Christians? First answer is no. Christians are not required to keep the Sabbath the same way the Jews were required to keep the Sabbath. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 2 and verse 16. This is written specifically to Gentile believers in Colossae. And we read, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. So Christians are not required to keep the Sabbath day. God says don't let anyone judge you in that. So no one can look at you and say, that is wrong for you to not keep the Sabbath day. God says they're not to judge you for that. That's not a requirement that God placed on us as Christian believers. So why are we not required to keep that? calling that Saturday, right? Yes, the Sabbath is Saturday, it's not, not Sunday. Um, so why is that? Why are we not required to keep the Sabbath when it was such a huge thing for the Jews? Uh, and, you know, it was obviously something that started before the law. So why are we not required to do that? Well, let's look at 1 Peter 2, 9 for the beginning of the explanation, and then we'll go to Matthew. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, 
a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Simple little verse has nothing to do with the Sabbath, but we see two aspects of our nature as Christians and as the, the nature of the church. Two things in this verse that have to do with the reasons the Jews were, were keeping the Sabbath and, and the laws about the Sabbath for the Jews. First, we see that we are a royal priesthood. And remember, the priests were allowed to work on the Sabbath. And we are now, as Christians, we are now priests. We are a royal priesthood. We're also a holy nation. And remember, the Sabbath was given for the nation of Israel as part of the covenant between God and Israel. Well, the church is a different nation. We are a spiritual nation. We're not the nation of Israel, although many people do teach that. Many Christians teach that. We're a different nation. We are a, a, a holy nation, a peculiar people, not a physical people like the Jews, but we're a spiritual people. Uh, we have a spiritual bond. We're a spiritual family. Uh, and so we're, we have a different type of covenant with God than what the nation of Israel had with God. Now, keeping that in mind, let's go to Matthew chapter 12 which does talk about the Sabbath. Now I'm going to have to hurry or we're going to run out of time here. So Matthew chapter 12. Verse number 1. At the, that time Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were in hunger and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do, Upon the Sabbath day, he said unto them, Have ye not read that uh, what David did when he was hungered, and that and they that were with him, how he entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priest? Or have ye not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days the priest and the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if ye had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy, not sacrifice, ye would not have condemned the gillis, for the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. And so here we have a couple things. We don't have time to get in it too much, but from this we can see that those in Christ are just like those who were in the temple, because he compares the disciples being with him and, and eating, or not eating, but plucking the corn on the Sabbath day. He compares that to the priest in the temple uh, preparing their meals on the Sabbath day and being guiltless. And he says, there is one here that is greater than the temple. The disciples were, as believers, they were priests directly to God. Just like the, the priests in the temple were priests before God, so the disciples were priests in the presence of God. So they can uh, violate the Sabbath day just like the priests violate the Sabbath day in preparing their meals. Now we also see in... Uh, Another passage here that the he mentions about the the Sabbath was originally made holy for the benefit of men and not as a burden. The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. That's in Mark chapter two. We're not going to go there uh, just because it's it's going to take a while to do it, and we're out of time. Uh, further down in Matthew chapter twelve, verse number ten, behold, there was a man which had his hand withered, and they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days so that they might accuse him? And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall in a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much, how much then is a man better than a sheep? 
wherefore it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. So Jesus corrected the Jewish misunderstanding about the Sabbath as it being a, a duty and, and something that men have to owe to God rather than a gift from God to men. God's, and Jesus said it is lawful. Not He didn't say this law doesn't apply or that there's an exception to the law. That's what he said about the Jews plucking the corn. But about him healing on the Sabbath day, which happened many times, not just here, many times throughout Scripture. Um, when he healed on the Sabbath day, he said it's lawful, even under the law, it is good thing to do good on the Sabbath day. So good works on the Sabbath day have always been uh, lawful. He mentioned that in Mark 3, Luke 13, John 5, John 7, repeatedly. Uh, Christ mentioned that it's lawful to do good things on the Sabbath day. So the Christians are not required to keep the Sabbath the way the Jews were because we have that priestly relationship with God. We're in that same situation as the priests in the temple we're in. However, we do have a different command which replaces the keeping of the Sabbath. It's in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. And uh, the, That assembly we find in Acts 20 and in 1 Corinthians 16 that assembly is to be uh, on Sundays at least, but whenever the church is assembled, the members of the church are supposed to be there. That is the command that was given to us in replacement of the command that was given to the Jews for keeping the Sabbath. All right, and we are out of time, so we're going to have to stop there. It's, it's a fascinating study. I barely scratched the surface on all that the Bible says about the Sabbath day. You can uh, study this for years. Never, after many years of study, still <laughs> not know everything that uh, there is to know about the Sabbath day. Because some of it's not even given in Scripture. Because you can see in, uh, in the New Testament, uh, or not in the New Testament, in Nehemiah. The stuff in Nehemiah and uh, in Isaiah that was said about the Sabbath was not listed specifically in the law, but it was still something that was stated as being part of the law. Uh, so apparently at some point God gave them additional instructions about the Sabbath day that he chose not to record in the Bible. But the Jews still had a record of it, and they kept it for themselves for all those hundreds of years. But God chose not to put it in the Bible for us. And so there are, there's, from a historical standpoint, you can keep studying the Sabbath even further and gain even more knowledge uh, about this special day that God has set up for the Jews uh, and then also for all mankind, but for the Jews specifically as a day of rest. All right, any comments or questions very quickly? And we're going to take off. I didn't notice that I was in Panama, and I don't know if it's because of the calendar class, but you basically moved Sunday column to the end of the week. The days were numbered the same. Everything was the same, but the line of a week would start with Monday, Monday the 20th. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't, I thought you had to be careful to miss up your days. Yeah, yeah I've, I've, seen, I've seen that a couple places. I don't know why they do it, but yeah, I've seen a couple places do it. All right, well, let's go ahead and, and pray and be dismissed.